0: Don't open that box.
1: What have you done? You shouldn't have opened it. You shouldn't
0: have opened it. Open it. Open it. Open it. Listening, people Hello you're listening to spit and Polish presents the mystery box. I am one of your hosts Ryan Zewinsky and now you're listening to Bartek hi, the ba- other hosts Hi Bartek how are you? I'm good How are you Ryan? I'm good I'm feeling really great you know we're doing our show The Mystery Box our monthly show in which we watch a movie or video project or thing that has been found in a box and all of these movies and things have been found from secondhand op shops the gutter, all different sources.
1: And then they were put into the tomb from the opening, yeah, of exactly. which you heard the long sequence of walking down the stairs and the chains. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we picked it out from there. So it's really like a s- third hand. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Bartek, we're spin Polish. Lackingly, because we're always spitting, and we both happen to be Polish. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though, Bartek. I need to really get this off my chest right now. I don't speak Polish, and in our other show, On Masterpieces, you usually tell me the title of the movie in Polish. Mm. But for this show, we don't do that. Yeah,
1: thankfully, your lack of Polish skills in this show is alright. But right. I just
0: need to get it off my chest now, guys. Yep. I don't speak the language, so if Bartek drops a random Polish phrase in there, and I don't verify that it actually is a phrase, then, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, But Bartek, do we have a movie that we watched?
1: Tak, my name film. I don't speak Polish. Oh, I've already messed up. I meant to say it in English. Yes, we have a film. What is it? It'd be pretty awkward if we didn't.
0: It, well, yeah. I mean, we've had ones
1: that are video projects, so we can have one where I say no, we don't, and then we'll just cut in like, and we're back. Now we have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in yeah. fact, if you want to edit the episode, no, 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 this it's way, even
0: better. It's even better. I uploaded in two parts six months apart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The first part's like, wow, this one's only a few minutes long. Whoa, they must have really covered it. They didn't even introduce the guest. (laughs)
0: Vipartek,
1: what is the movie? This month, November 2018's episode of The Mystery Box is, as you have probably read, on a film called Betaville. Betaville? Mm -hmm. Not Betaville, Betaville. Betaville? Betaville. But
0: do we have a beta of a guest joining us?
1: We have an alpha of a guest. Are there an alpha? A sigma omega a smegma no smegma
0: <laughs> i don't know they could have no, uh, they no, could no, be no. filled with
1: smegmas no no i bathed our guest this month is jules Gatto.
2: hey guys
1: hi smegma
2: <laughs> please don't say that okay
1: Okay.
0: epsilon <laughs> hi jules how are you
2: yeah i'm pretty good
0: you watched beta
2: i did you
0: loved it right sure (laughs) she loved it we all did you love it oh i i had some strong feelings (laughs) i had feelings
1: peace it was but not as before
0: ours was a tyranny of peace an obsession a lot of things are coming off my chest this episode Bartok and myself have already experienced Betaville. It's technically not that much of a mystery because in our previous Mm -hmm. episode, Stardust, we had trailers before that movie, and one of the trailers was Betaville, and we talked about it in that episode. This DVD that I found at an op shop in... I do believe I found this one when I also bought Finding Emo, which is one we've done on the show. Mm -hmm. This is a triple movie treat... It has three movies. It literally them, says
1: triple movie treat on the cover.
0: One of them is Stardust, our uh, last episode, which you should definitely check out, because not only the episode,
1: but the movie. It's fucking great. Yeah. Technically, yeah. Ryan has a standalone copy of Stardust, and it's also on this triple Which pack. I did
0: mention as well. So. Yeah.
1: And then a movie called
0: Board Silly and Betaville. B- both Board Silly and Betaville, we heard the tr- we saw the trailer, so Bart and I had some basic idea of what we were going to get from Betaville, yeah. but... It Basically, was
1: not what we when, thought anyway. <laughs> yeah, when we before we watched Stardust last month, we we got the trailers. Um, it was Betaville first, and then Bored Silly. Mm. So I think Bored Silly had the recency effect on me, and, and I remembered it a bit more. But I remembered little bits of Betaville, but not enough to say that, oh, I'm not walking in that blind. Yet.
0: Now, here's the thing. With the show, Jules, when I have to find a DVD from an op shop, or rejects, like rejected items from society, the gutter, you know, cash converters, one of the artful things I have to do is just to know what one to pick. And usually it's by looking at the cover. Yeah. Right? I don't usually even read the back of them. I might read, like, the blurb on the front or something, and I just kind of go, you know what? Yeah, this. Now, when I got this... Uh, uh, This DVD I saw Stardust on there And that was one of the things I went Ooh I've already got Stardust But will I ever find Bored Cillian Betaville By themselves (laughs) (laughs) So I was motivated To get this DVD But you know what's great About the DVD It's cover Jules Do you mind Kind of just running us down What this is Because this is a comedy Movie Triple pack Thing. So
2: so the cover itself and not just Betaville? Yeah, yeah, the cover itself okay. and then we
0: could talk about the Betaville okay. mini cover.
2: I'll I'll describe the cover. So the cover has a red gradient background kind of with the I'd say like a Lego kind of pattern, yeah. you know, the dots kind of stick out, starts with Yeah, why like,
0: is that I wonder.
2: Who knows? Art. Maybe because each <laughs> movie links together. Fits
0: perfectly with one another like Lego.
2: So you know it starts off with the wine and then gets down to that actual bright kind of Lego red color. That's back. then it says comedy capers triple movie treat And then it has the three covers for each movie for Stardust, Board Silly and Beedeville and um,
0: can you see each of those clearly or are they? I
2: would say that Bederville is the clearest one. <laughs>
1: Because
0: you didn't it's, see all of it. It's the
1: closest layer it, to it, us, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the
2: first layer, Board Silly is underneath that, and then underneath Board Silly is Stardust.
0: Oh, so they're kind of stacked on top of each yeah, other. So oh, they're
2: how easy kind to kind see. Of, kind of like fanned out yeah. with beta <laughs> being on top.
1: Thankfully from this angle I can see that on the back they're at least not covered up. Yeah. That's
2: a, that's positive. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's a positive <laughs> tick.
2: So uh from the front. Betaville is the clearest one. Um, the cover of <laughs> Betaville is pretty much uh, Betaville written in the bottom, kind of in that PowerPoint fun yeah. text where you could curve oh, the yeah. writing the word art.
0: Remember when you were a little kid and you just had word and all you would do is play with the different fonts? Yep,
2: yep. it looks like someone has done that with kind of, I'd say, like a brownie red colour with the yellow behind it. <laughs>
0: How terrible!
2: Then it then it has a group of kids together, six six kids of, would say all different races, but really not that many. Not
0: that many. There's a little black kid, right? <laughs> There's a
2: little black kid. Uh, um, a biracial girl. A biracial girl. It's and Jules.
0: She's on the cover. She's yeah. Like, hey guys, <laughs> it's surprise!
2: Me. Um, and then in the back is some kind of weird tower, like circular kind of tower with lightning striking out of it and then there are two... Two circles on either side of the tower, <laughs> one in white and one in yellow, with people inside these circles.
0: <laughs> did we know that would be important? <laughs> this film loves Just things please, inside circles. Please
2: take note of that, because <laughs> that is a very important point.
0: It is so important. Now, Jules, when you look at this cover of Betaville, now you've already seen the movie, but when you look at the cover in retrospect, does it reflect what we saw?
2: Hell no.
0: <laughs> what I think before we start this, I I looked at it and Jules looked at it. And I said, It looks like a haunted house movie. Yeah. Like it looks like the mansion is like Frankenstein's mansion where lightning's hitting the top of it. it and it I'm looks, just like, this looks weird because they got all these big, like, hedges behind them, so it looks like a hedge maze. And I'm like, Oh, okay, it could be like a haunted house movie. Yeah, maybe. it
2: looks like a group of like mischievous teens are going into this house to sort something out like to go, Oh hey, like there's this weird place in the woods. Let's go check it out. It's, and it's, then, you know, horror ensues, but no, it's definitely not it like, like that. A,
0: looking at the cover, it looks like a Haunted Mansion movie like that one with Eddie Murphy I think was called Haunted yeah. Mansion. But the big thing I love is inside these circles one of the characters is actually in the movie that is inside the circle, this orange circle that has this weird looking Doctor Who looking mm-hmm. villain. But then in the other one is the actor, Judge Reinhold, who, now in retrospect, that's really weird because he never yeah. appears in these circles. But I guess I had to have him because he's the biggest named actor that they have in this movie other than John Aston and we'll get into those.
1: Yeah, we'll get into everything. But
0: Betaville... And you didn't read the tagline. Kids of the world, unite! <laughs> and of course, Bartek's favourite part is the rating. This is a PG movie... Mm -hmm. And it has low-level violence. Now, in the past, we have focused on ratings so importantly because Bartek raised a point in one episode, and I can't remember which one it is now, but there's Mm. an episode that you raised that meant someone from the government... Yeah. had to have watched this movie and then given it an appropriate rating. And wh- I think of that constantly <laughs> when we watch movies like this. I'm this surprised poor, I didn't think of it this time. This poor government worker. I'm going to call her Susan. <laughs> Susan comes into work today. They're like Susan, we got these uh, comedy capers triple movie treat. You've got to watch them. And, and in the order that they're in on the DVD, Betaville's first, Board silly, then Stardust. Since we know Stardust is fucking crazy by the time they got to the Stardust they just said eh eh P, just don't bother saying anymore <laughs> I don't need to give any more context to that but it's just like uh, Betaville I just imagine them that's their first like it's 9 o'clock in the morning they're having a cup of coffee and they're just like
1: if they watch them <sighs> alphabetical order will right. be the first one alright
0: they're given this DVD pack and they have to just watch them in order and then this this movie is insane Muriel be praised Muriel our mother's son yeah! But back to business now Bartek, yep. this movie's so crazy and weird that before we started recording we were trying to think to ourselves how do we approach this hmm. We've added out to do that
1: since last episode and the one before. It's like, these are three episodes in a row where we're like, oh... Ah. It's like, oh, documentary, oh, crazy film. Now there's this one, which is similar to last one, but... So, Bartek, I, yes? I think we
0: were saying the best way to do this is just kind of do an, uh, a summary and then do some highlights. Yes. So how about you lead us into the mm-hmm. journey that is Betaville?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, listening people... I'm not going to go into a lot of super detail, this will just be me basically saying what happens in the base sense, and then for the rest of the episode, you know, we'll bring up things in the film and we'll relate it to this summary. Yeah. So basically, it's set at Betaville. This is a, uh, like, camp that children of, of any age of world leaders go to. Yeah. At some point at this camp, um, there is there are invaders from a planet called Z, just the letter Z or We Z. couldn't tell if that
0: was what it was called for uh, like yeah. a good majority On- of it. Only yeah.
1: when the characters in the White House scenes said it was it clear you enough. You
0: mean to- the actors that have had like 30 years of
1: acting experience or more and know how to enunciate words? And seem to have good microphones, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah, so uh, this film does have alien invasions in it, but not in the traditional sense. They they stay on their planets, but they tra- they can travel between people's consciousnesses um, through these circles that we indicated on the front cover that are called dots. They're, they're called dots, yes. So and these dots tether themselves to people. Um, And for some of them, it makes them go crazy. For some of them, not, it seems.
0: I don't even know what ones went crazy, if I'm honest with you. Yeah.
2: And you have to be asleep if you want... It's like like body snatchers. You have to be
1: asleep. They get you when you're asleep. So just to start over now that you have that information. Summer camp, there are a bunch of kids that are kids of world leaders. The kids are the main characters. They're the main characters. At some point, these dots invade and they, they possess uh you know, people that work at the camp, some of the kids, and it causes a bunch of riots. Um eventually at some point we discover that these aliens were I think created by other aliens from a planet called Planet Thirty Eight. Who are their enemies as well. Who are their enemies, not, yeah.
0: They not necessarily created, but they're long lost ancestors.
1: Yeah, they're they're there's some brothers. Somehow, somehow subordinate to these Planet Thirty-eight um aliens. Um, it seems to us that both of them are not necessarily good. but They the, seem like straight out evil. Yeah, but the Planet 38 people... Are very evil. Yeah, they, they kind of neutralise the Z Planet people by the end, and that sort of ends the conflict. Um, and at the end of the conflict, one of the main characters is... <laughs> one of many. Yeah, one of the many. We'll get into all that. <laughs> is banished to some sort of planet, they're the planet Z planet. It's called the Phantom Zone
0: in in Superman. He gets banished to the Phantom Zone. I thought
2: it was by, um... Planet 38. 38 Yeah, by
0: 38, he gets banished to the Phantom Zone, but at the end, he's on planet Z Z for some reason.
1: So basically, that vague outline, summer camp, alien invasion... Other aliens are there. Adults are helpless. Adults to help help the are kids. helpless to help the kids, except the president and his generals, to a degree. And then by the end, one of the one of the you know kids in quotes um, gets banished to Phantom Zone.
0: Now, Bartek, I've got two things that I think you needed to bring up in this. Mm-hmm. One, it's set in the future, and two, this is told in media Res. Those are very important to this outline because it adds so much because we know everything's going to turn out okay.
1: Yes. Well, this whole episode will us be basically adding to this outline so that you can get a better understanding, but... We really had a hard time following this plot. Oh, boy. So, I think having this skeleton here is really going to help us. So, yeah, us the this basic episode. skeleton
0: is an alien invasion of some kind in some way, shape, or form, and the kids must stop it from happening, but they do not do that, but they do. And then, marriage happens, and then sadness, and then happiness, and credits, media res. So,
2: what kind of trouble have you gotten us into now?
0: You have much to learn.
2: I have a lot to say.
0: Before we even dive into the plot elements further, because mm. we've been in a basic structure, I think we need to talk about the CGI elephants in the room, which is <laughs> the CGI. Bartok and I, slightly, I remember it more, but Bartik and I saw the trailer for this, and the CGI in the trailer looked like a robot's Christmas, a movie we previously covered on the show.
1: Yeah. My main memory of the trailer watching it because I I forgot to look at the cover before we started watching it today, as of this recording. Yeah. Um I remember it started off with this like CG city or realm of some sort, and that reminded us of Wobots. Then shortly after that, we saw, you know, some some of the younger kids in the film talking to some of the like teenage kids. And then after the that shot it seemed like every single shot featured an older teen or adult in it. So we were, so at least for me, I'm sure for you as well, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. We were wondering, this seems like it's meant to be for kids and about kids, but we're seeing a bunch of, as far as we can tell, adults.
0: And that that you've struck the nail on the head there. We, this whole episode, I feel, the, the the core of what we're going to be asking, the central question, I feel, for myself, was who was this for? Yes. The big thing. But, to go with the CGI, there was so much of it in this movie. Special effects. Terrible, terrible, terrible special effects. That I, I can only speak for, for myself, but viewing both Jules and Bartek watching this, I think... The funniest elements from this movie were the special effects and how they were used.
1: To be fair, the thing that made me laugh the hardest was a zoom in, zoom out. But yes, I agree.
0: Which ones were those? The zoom in, zoom out? There was a
1: part where... It was, I think, when we saw the president of Planet Z. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the background, there's this, like... There's this object that looks like a giant light blue light bulb. Yeah. Oh yeah. And in the middle of his speech, the camera just suddenly zooms in on that. And not the camera, them in post in post, post using yeah. the
0: zoom effect.
1: Yeah, not, not a physical cameraman doing anything, because it was a still shot, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just post production, zoom in on it, zoom out. It has nothing to do with anything as far <laughs> as we can tell. No. It had nothing to do with the conversation, and there wasn't even any cut going on. It's one of these movies that it reminded me of the prequels where they had people
0: on green screens in a green screen environment walking around but then every now and then they would mix in real world things and but those real world things like the camp was real but then they would just have a bunch of CGI nonsense there uh, anyway when it's not needed it's like the Phantom Menace where they had real deserts sometimes but then there's this bunch of CGI nonsense so it still feels fake anyway yeah the CGI, the special effects, were incredibly bad.
2: It actually reminds me if the person from Spy Kids came over, but was completely
0: drunk, drunk or high or both. <laughs> Robin Rodriguez, yeah,
2: and went, "Hey guys, I'm your man."
0: <laughs> I would love there's, it. There's a part.
1: There's a part in the film where a missile gets launched. And the way that we see that missile get launched is very obvious stock footage. <laughs> yeah. And the stock footage, as grainy as it was, looked so nice compared to all the CGI, did, did it not?
0: Every time they use stock footage, it looks so much better than the actual oh, film God. we had got. There was a bit where, Bart, you're like, make this the thumbnail. Where we see a bunch of the dots. Uh, taking over military circles, figures, yeah. Yeah. and one of them was stock footage of like this guy in a pl- in a, a military fighter that was clearly one from like the seventies. Yeah. And there's, just, there's this pristine, clear CGI dot With flying a fish ar- in it. With a, fi- <laughs> with a fish. I think it was a fish. <laughs> and he's just, like, flying around. And I just... said, <laughs> You were laughing at that. And you're like, write that thumbnail. But again, here's where my brain went. I just went, every time they used stock footage and they had CGI nonsense on the stock footage, I often thought to myself, like... I wonder what that pilot's doing now in real life. Is he still alive? (laughs) Did he know that they used his image in this movie? I know it's stock footage. Did that missile live a happy life? Did we have a favourite moment of CGI bar sex? Like, you liked when they zoomed in on the background, but, like, any standout CGI special effects moments, Jules?
2: Oh, it was just some of the things that they chose to be in the dots
0: <laughs> yeah like the fish like, or and the there umbrella. was an umbrella a lunch and a little
2: hummingbird
1: <laughs> yes an apple
2: i think a light bulb was one of them at one
1: point too as, as an example of something that wasn't in a dot and i think you and i thought that i think all all of us there was a part where there were a bunch of ships flying in the sky yes yep they look like fish. And from the angle, because they were like flying horizontally from the camera's point of view before turning, they looked like fish. And we were (laughs) like, did they forget to put a dot there? Are they meant to look like fish? But then when they turned to the camera, it looked a bit more like a... Spaceships. I guess
0: Planet 38 had fish... Ships. Mm. My favourite CGI stuff was the dots as well, but I personally liked it when they had people inside of them. And here's the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing. Yes, yes, yes. You all know I'm gonna go.
1: Is the keyword up?
0: Uh what I'm gonna say is, yeah. I don't necessarily know it's up. But what I'm gonna say is, in the dots, they have these dots, and they're like. And they're discs as well, so so they are flat. They're not like spheres. They are yeah. flat. And they have the shot of the head, sh- like the the headshot of the actor actor or, the a- or actress in these spheres. So they're like floating he- talking heads. But they do the bold choice of every time it turns around or flips around, it awkwardly eventually when it flips does a jump cut to a shot from behind them. So when you see a dot from behind. It it's is the, the back, back of their, their head. head. When they turn... And it's that stuff made me laugh the most with the CGI. It was every time they turned around. Or even when um, they wanted the, uh, the actor to flip their head and turn, they just did a quick mirror flip. Yeah, it was very <laughs> sudden... That mixed with also the fact that all of this CGI, I think, special effects, I think you at home are gathering, of course it looks terrible. One of the reasons it looks terrible is it does not look integrated into the world. It looks like if you had the movie and you were just dragging a 2D image across the screen. It doesn't look like they're near anyone. It just looks like you've put clip art on top of a thing and haven't done any shadowing or anything to make it look like they're there. I guess
1: the only thing is the size. Gives it an illusion of distance?
0: No, because also when they move, it just looks... It's everything flat. looks yeah. wrong. Because when they move forward or backwards, it just looks like they're just shrinking it and expanding it, but it doesn't feel like movement's mm. happening, no depth in the frame. So that stuff also added to the humour
1: of the dots. The dots were the best. The dots, that stuff was the best. Yeah, the thing that I was thinking of, there's a part where... Like, the dot just suddenly flies up off frame, and that made us laugh.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Or when it came out of a fish. There was a scene where we we heard (laughs) that... There was a scene where the two main... Well, two main kids. Two kids... The two youngest main kids The two actual children. The two actual children were hostages in this room and they were on a bed each and above them were those like mounted fish on the wall that have their mouths open. Oh yeah, Yeah. like the talking bass. Yeah, the talking bass thing. And we could hear the dot, who's a woman speaking to them, but we we're like we can't see the dot anyway. It must be behind the camera. And then the and then it knows. popped out of the fish's mouth and the fish's uh, big open mouth. And we
1: all went Of course
0: <laughs> <laughs> Of course
1: of course it was there. I'm sure that was fun to edit for the uh the post production at least.
0: <laughs> I look silly.
2: No you don't. It looks good on you. There's enough space in there for me
1: that's all that matters. Well there's one other recurring thing that I th- think is worth mentioning because we'll just keep bringing it up. Yeah. Um, this is actually something with the first time you brought it up. It was sort of half joking. And I rolled my eyes like, oh, here we go again. When we meet two of the, the two bigger kids, they're shirtless and you making like, oh, this is homoerotic jokes. But, but yeah, it's always Jules. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. They're shirtless making homoerotic jokes, sexual tension. There's a lot of sexual tension in this. That comes like, out PG of film,
2: nowhere,
1: <laughs> all throughout this film. It's very
0: sexual towards both genders, together with the same gender and opposite genders, like girls and girls, boys and boys, boys and girls,
2: aliens and aliens. Let's not aliens? forget that.
0: Oh, there's a weird kind of sexy scene between two aliens. That's very weird. What mm. are you
2: talking about? What about the one with the friggin? DDD.
0: The DDD. <laughs> we'll get it up. Fuck yeah. So so <laughs> Bartok, Yeah, I I would have forgotten to bring that up before we get into the plot. There's so much strong sexual elements in this, and again, this goes into who's this. Who is this for?
2: But just remember, it it was it was never addressed either. It's just low level violence. Yeah, in that's what <laughs> I was gonna say next. You it got it. In the rating. So <laughs>
0: weird because yeah about uh, both Jules and I were laughing and saying how homoerotic it was that these two guys had their shirts off. But it was like they they filmed it in a way yeah. and framed it in this way where it was just and it was lit in a way where it was kind of like, am I supposed to be feeling something for this? Like, I'm like I'm a guy, so no. But I'm like maybe young girls are watching this and they're like, ooh, we don't get this too often. Well, specifically,
1: you're a straight guy,
0: so, yeah. yeah, and. These guys are—they were somewhat fit. They weren't like oh, ripped. They were like ripped like for teenagers. Mildly athletic. One had a bit of a, a bit of a six-pack going on, but not too much. Like like they looked realistically fit for teens, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, but then it just keeps going. Like like uh, for the first twenty minutes, it's nothing. But I honestly, there's no way to say this the first 20 minutes is sex
1: games between these teenagers it's like and these like two a, and the little kid has to tag along kind of
0: yeah but they drag him into it they drag him into because, it because
1: because he's been made the one of their little brother
0: and in the, we meet the these two teen
1: girls one of
0: which is the daughter of the united states and the other is the daughter of somewhere uh yeah, who's main our main female character as well the biracial girl uh, whose name I'm forgetting? Cause Ruby, Ruby Rose? No, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was Ruby Rose. Oh boy, I'm the I think she would like the one. girl a bit more than the boy. <laughs> but Ruby, we meet these two girls on a boat, a speedboat. You a can't speedboat. forget that. Uh, So many speedboats, and they're having these weird lines of dialogue about wanting to fuck the boys, basically. But we can't hear one of them because the audio, which we should get into as well. The audio yeah. they have different mics for different actors. Like sometimes they're using the audio on set on the scene, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes it'll be like Ruby's having a conversation, and she'll be saying like, "Hi, how are you, Bethany?" And Bethany'll be like, "I'm oh, okay, going pretty well, actually." And it's just like, and it's this whole conversation is like, "Wow, wow, Bethany, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's like it's so much." But they're talking about wanting to fuck these two boys. And then the two boys come over and as they're walking over, they're like, I'm going to fuck these two girls. They're like, I'm going to fuck these girls. And then they come over and the girls are giving them the cold shoulder because that's what girls do, yeah, just, Jules. I mean, you know this. Yeah, just before, it's all sex games. Just <laughs> before
1: they got up to the boat, they basically said straight up like, all right, let's act a little cold now.
0: And then they go, they take our main actual kid who we haven't even gotten into, but we will. This is all about the sexual politics of this movie because the first 20 minutes is them in the woods. Trying to make out with each other whilst also using the little kid as a, a tool in They're, this they, game. They
2: actually discuss hooking him up with this little girl because she's roughly the same age. Also,
0: when they first meet, when he, uh, the little black boy first meets the biracial girl, the two boys are trying to set him up with her too as a joke. Remember, I was like, they oh, yeah. well, are they going to get these two minorities together? Because you know, because I guess they're both dark-skinned and they belong together. They're different ages. And you know, And One's like freaking 10 years old. And what,
2: like 10 and 17, you'd yeah, say? Maybe yeah. like but 16? The, but, but
1: they're both dark-skinned, Jules. lump them together. And That's you, how it felt. And <laughs> you know what the great part is about the fact that they've gone on this little trip where they're having a bunch of fun and, you know, there's all this sexual tension going on? The setup for the trip was... Hey, I found a treasure map. Let's go get the treasure. <laughs> and they were like, great idea then they don't want to join in because they want to fuck each other
0: <laughs> in the woods. And this continues on. Like, Ruby wants to get with the guy who we mentioned that gets trapped in the Phantom Zone, whose name was... Luther. Luther, obviously. Uh, and he's... The and other she guy's finds, Tony. And she finds out that he's making out, and it kind of looked like he was fingering yeah. the... Uh, the girl from the daughter of America, uh, whose name I can't remember, Holly. Uh, Holly. I, uh, oh, thank you. I, I'm just getting. <laughs> and then for the rest of the movie,
1: <laughs> you said Bethany before. I'm like
0: that Luther. Sound right. Luther and Holly are together, and they seem like in a perfectly healthy, fine relationship where they like each other. And we're like, oh, okay. And then Ruby is in a healthy, nice relationship with what was his name, Tony. Tony, because she takes off her dress because it's heavy, even though it looked like the lightest dress ever. Well, he... to
2: reveal that she's wearing wearing a fucking slip
0: underneath i thought i thought oh she's going to be wearing a bikini because we've already seen them go like swimming around this lake that they're at and then she's like wearing a slip and i'm like what the fuck is happening and then she's trying to put it on a tree and she trips over and her boobs nearly fall out and he catches her near her ass a little too much (laughs) for my liking in a kids movie and then they just kiss And there's just like this weird music playing that's not like, oh, how sweet. It's kind of like yeah. And you're like and this is, throughout the whole movie, it's just these horny little teenagers, but also, they, here's the thing, they also kind of don't play it too sexy. It's like... It's like
1: well, eventually when the plot kicks in, then there's just a bunch of like, oh no, but except for a bunch of hijinks happening. But then
0: they do those things, but like we're describing, and I'm sure people at home are thinking of this in this sleazy way, but it's just kind of like
1: there. Mm. It's
0: just not even that sleazy. It's not like a Friday the 13th thing where they've got sexy, horny teens. It's, it's just kind of like, yeah... This is how
2: they talk. It's just mild kissing, but it's it's mild kissing with no lead up. It's like, oh, these two people are here. Their faces are suddenly getting closer. We don't know why, but it's happening. But Jules, Yeah,
0: she tripped trying to put her dress they on. They do tree. give a setup because Tony was it.
1: Tony, yeah.
0: He he said your favorite line of the movie, which oh yes, which was I <laughs> I don't remember. Come
1: on, Jules. <laughs>
2: Oh, sorry. All girls make me feel the same way.
0: <laughs> that's what he says, and
1: that's why he's motivated to kiss and Ruby. Because all wait, girls make him feel the same way. And, and at what point in a conversation was that line said? Uh, at the beginning, right? I think it was just on its own. No, weren't I don't think they? It was a conversation. Weren't
2: they lying on the picnic blanket?
1: Yeah, I don't think they were just talking, drinking,
2: though. drinking. God <sighs> knows what
0: they were drinking. Yeah, they looked like they were drinking cocktails at the school camp. It looked like white line. Well, school camp. But, sorry, you know this kids' camp.
2: Aren't you concerned
0: about her feelings? Ruby and I had a lot of fun. But I want a woman who can make each day of my life a new discovery. Oh, go on. Okay. And I won't stop until I find one who feels the same. There's so much weird, sexy stuff. It's so mind-boggling.
1: Because, again, who is this, who's this for? Because we all thought this is going to be a kid's movie. Yes, and a reason for that, and this is a good segue, is at the beginning of the film... We are introduced to a character who is narrating this from the future. Played by Lou Rolls in the future, who's of prominence. Yeah, so we assume, oh, okay, this char- this character's younger self that we are watching right now is probably the main character, a little black boy. He's the son of the Prime Minister of Canada Kirby. named Kirby. Kirby.
2: And it happens in twenty. Is it twenty twenty eight? No, no, no. Or he says I was
0: born. It all started in the year that I was born, twenty forty eight. But then when we meet him, he's like ten years old. So I guess it's twenty fifty eight. Yeah, guessing that he's ten. So yeah, Kirby. He goes to Bediville for the first ever time. He's the son of the Canadian Prime Minister, Kirby mm-hmm. Finkel. Kirby Finkel.
1: Was that his last name? Yeah.
2: He had some weird last it name, like Kirby
0: Finkel or Phone Call or some bullshit. And yeah, yeah, he meets... The first thing he does is he, he he goes to the camp leader. He gets off a helicopter and he's
1: like being told, like, this is Betaville. And,
0: and then he goes to the camp leader and the camp leader's like, here... Have this watch so we can track you. Also, this watch never comes into play ever. I don't know why yeah. we're focusing on it. Yeah. And it never factors in anywhere ever.
1: Like, he does use technology in the film, but not that watch. No, then
0: they make a big deal about this watch. They're like, oh, we got this watch so if you, we can track you.
1: And you're Especially like, oh. Especially because
2: he's like, cool.
1: And also- And it has a close correct, up. It's yeah. like Spy Kids. Like you said, like Spy and Kids, where they had me, that technology and you as yeah. a kid wanted it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that watch had the recurring computer voice of the film, right? Yes. Well, that woman voice that was like really well i don't know if it was a watch because every time that you heard the computer voice they were
0: standing on their speedboat that had a giant computer monitor that was mm. talking to them so
1: I, no i could have sworn that like they were pressing some like buttons on the watch activating features and there was a voice like saying oh features or something. i
0: will not deny you that i did not notice it as easily i okay. noticed more when they were standing at giant computer wrong, screens and using yeah. their voices but yeah he eventually gets paired up with his bigger brother yeah. Like the the big brother yeah. figure, the, the, he- the s-
2: mind you. Should should we say that he actually meets them while these two boys are digging holes with their shirts off,
1: yeah. looking for treasure maps? The map. aforementioned shirtless scene because
0: they're looking for treasure maps.
1: Yeah, and Jules
0: said, "What is this holes already?" Referencing a better movie two minutes into the movie, <laughs> right? But yeah, it's like, and also it's lit weird. Do you remember how they, they were lighting well, the it's, scene?
2: It's It was also more because, you know, I understand that digging holes is a laborious task, but you don't have to make them glisten that
0: way. It looked like it was supposed to be sunset, but it was the middle of the day. So they had this like weird kind of golden orange moon lighting. One of them did.
1: And then, but then the little black boy had it too. Yeah, but, but then I believe when they had uh, like mid shots of all three of them, then the glow was gone. So it was
0: for close up scenes of yeah, certain. boys There was boys a, that there was a lot of sexy.
1: There was quite a lot of inconsistent like production elements at work.
0: But we get told our characters' names in the scene. Luther, who's often called Lou, but he's never called that ever in the movie he's by anyone. Always ever.
1: called Luther. Always. Uh, Tony. Uh and and uh Kirby, but Kirby Kirby has an opening line for them just to you know set the record straight. Don't call me uptight. I won't.
2: That's what they called me at writing school. And I never liked it. No,
0: I'm so fine by me. (laughs) Which came out of nowhere because Kirby is telling us this story in Meteor Res, so we haven't heard him talk too much in the actual youth storyline. So we had this impression of, oh, he's this kind of sweet boy, you know. Like, just I think he's
1: talked to some of the
0: adults. At this point. Yeah, like yeah. one or two lines, but nothing much. But yeah. by that impression, we got his wide eyed, bushy tailed sweet boy. But then he meets these teens, and he's immediately like, at the previous camp, they called me uptight. Don't call me that! And he's, like, screaming at them and pointing at them. And they're, like... He's a very f- stern. They're very afraid of him already, these two teens. They're like, whoa, this like, guy's got a way- lot of baggage. This, this, this ten-year-old he- has a lot of baggage. Yeah,
1: the way they were reacting to him, it was almost as if they were, like, thinking okay, we've been paired up with a crazy kid and, like, for the rest of the film, they were going to, like, either, like, fuck with him or they're, like, not going to get along. I was actually
2: waiting for one of them to go, all right, uptight. And for him to just lose his shit?
0: I I made a joke. I love that joke, yeah. Where they were digging for the treasure and he found (laughs) the box. And Jules said, I bet you find in the box there's a piece of paper that is a treasure map. And I said, no, it's going to be just a piece of paper that says uptight. (laughs) (laughs) And then he would be like, oh, and and they would laugh. Yeah, But honestly, they did. There was a thing where, yeah, I could see that where they thought this guy's like... Like, they were kind of like, haha, this kid's yeah, funny. Yeah, they had, like, but that stunned, also, like, slight But they also reacted, like, genuinely worried by him. And I'm like, yeah. dude, are they afraid that... Like, honestly, when you first meet Kirby, I know that this is going to be a giant, giant statement, and it's obviously for some comedic effect, but honestly, if Kirby grabbed a gun and started killing everyone at this camp, it would not be out of character for Kirby to do this. He's insane. When we first meet Kirby... This is the impression you get. I want to mention this. this is a bit later where one of the schoolgirls has a laser gun and they just never explain it. It's like in the background, she just shoots and there's a laser and we're like, when did they get guns? But
1: yeah, Spartak though, we, we go treasure hunting after that. Yeah, it basically turns into don't call me uptight, them looking creeped and like, okay. Hey, Kirby, do you want to go on a boat ride with us? with some girls and that's and that's basically the end of oh Kirby might be crazy yes like he's precocious throughout the film but he's a
0: non-character
1: yeah. yeah, he has no character. He's just guy. He's like who's there, who gets things. It almost feels like okay, they're not ke- they're not treating him as a main character. Perhaps he is the perspective character from which we see everything unfold. But there are many many scenes that he is not in.
0: Yeah, but then he becomes really the main character because we've discussed this all in the woods things, and he finds a treasure map, and eventually him and this little redhead girl who gets introduced in the middle of a
1: montage that <laughs> talked about a lot beforehand.
2: Yeah. They mention her. Her name's Zora. Yes.
0: Zora.
1: Zora. Like the Zelda enemy. Zora
0: Flume. Remember? There's a bit where they say her last name. We're like, what country is she from? And I think you had a, on, a stab. No, I, I didn't have a stab on the screen. It oh, said, it said Lis- it?
1: Listonia or something. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't see past the guy's head. I couldn't see the end of the word. So, yeah. um, but began with an L.
0: I will add this. They have a lot of people that are from certain countries... All of them are white kids except for three black kids. The main black kid, who's from Canada. Another black kid who is from the Middle East with his uh, with his uh, headscarf thing going on. Mm. So I went, mm. I went to Jaws. Mm, you know all those Middle Eastern black boys, like really dark skinned black guy. Like he should have been an African kid if anything. And then there was. The one with dreads wearing the military beret with the yeah. open shirt. And we never found out what country he was from.
1: Ultimately, their country of origins never factored into anything. But they
0: should have. It was like just they a... all had
1: American accents. But yeah.
2: the only time it happened was when two girls were having a bitch fight and
0: mentioning oh, that yes. their countries would slam each other. And we didn't know which one. Like, we know one country one yeah, was America, we, but we didn't
1: know the other one. We couldn't remember what country Ruby was from. I don't think if it was ever mentioned. we ever knew She's got Adventure. her
0: flag in the background and no no not even no, not that even hers. W- no, that was, that was hers. Tony's. They get this treasure map, they dig for No, they go into a cave. It's not even under something. He has to run into a cave and he finds it, but Was it even a cave or was it just like under a giant rock? No, no, it was a cave because before that we have their digging sequence and this was the best visual comedy in the movie. I was nearly on the ground laughing. Do you remember this? They mm. have this shot where the girl is in the background of the shot and she's in focus and we're like, okay, this is an interesting shot I don't know why they've got it like this and then coming from the bottom of the frame pops up right in front of the camera the little black boy And he just comes up. He's like, it's not here. And then he immediately goes back down (laughs) again. And she waits for him to go back down to respond. And then he waits and pops back up. And it's just like, what is going on? And I was laughing. It looks like we were about
2: to play whack-a-mole on the screen. Whack-a-mole with him.
0: Yeah, it was so funny. But yeah, they find this map. They get this treasure. And the treasure is just a scarf. A lacy scarf that we never see again. Some bangles that we never see again. I forgot about those two things. And a sword, which was actually a dagger. Yeah. He was like, look, it's a pirate sword. And we're like, that is clearly a knife
1: or a dagger. I don't know how he could think it's a sword. It was sheathed and we were like, that's really small. And I was saying, I think that's a dagger. He he unsheathed it and yeah, it was a dagger.
0: Oh, wow. A pirate sword. At some point, we meet aliens. And I remembered that we were laughing so hard because Mm -hmm. it just kind of zooms through space through all these CGI planets. And when we get to planet Z... It looks exactly like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Like it yeah, really it's, does. It's
2: these horrible CGI lilies, like this weird garden with these kind of egg orb lights.
0: Yeah. And, and this
2: weird kind of patio, like
0: outdoor room. And we meet the president guy who has the smallest glasses ever, and
1: just just to be clear, of the aliens. Yeah. For future reference, there are two presidents in this film: United States and Planet Z.
0: And I guess I went from Planet 38 too.
1: But I don't think they ever
2: address him as the president.
0: So, uh, president. we meet Z. our
1: antagonist slash mentor? It was like the superior to, I guess... Who do, we call, who do we consider the antagonist? The, the woman. woman. Yeah, the woman. The, the superior name to the... name is like 49. I like, thought
0: it was YB. YB yeah, 49. W- yeah, it
1: was YB 49, but they could just call it YB for short.
0: There's also, this is also a movie where I think it's in a parallel universe, because they describe the w- events of World War II from multiple characters' perspectives. The <laughs> fact that they the last ever war that happened was World War II, so I think it's an yeah. alternative reality where there are no other wars that have happened. To be fair, they
1: describe global scale wars.
0: No, they just said wars. I th-
1: I believe they did yeah, d- they describe specified. them as, like, gl- world-scale wars. Okay,
0: I'll allow it. Because
2: they said how naive that they started numbering their wars as they, you know, ended. Yeah,
1: like, w- wars like... We're v- trying to make sense of this. So. <laughs> like, I love it. That's the mystery box, yes.
0: No, I just love that this movie movie had someone who wrote it Mm. And and they thought, yeah, this is perfectly acceptable for children. But us three full grown adults who have talked about films many times and had to watch many films, mm. cannot comprehend what this is. That it's amazing. Like yeah. it's so incompetent. But we have these aliens, and they want to take over Earth like how we described. And she's like, oh, let me do my method of pretending to be these kids' friends so that they can let me meet their parents and we can take over the world leaders because they can't do that themselves because, I don't know. <laughs> and the pla- I think
2: it was because the kids would be e- easier to tether to.
0: No, because no. they tether to every single military figure doll beforehand. Maybe it was beforehand. just a
1: gateway. Mm. I don't it's know. just because the film's called Betaville and they need to have it. <laughs> yeah. So, Ryan, where does the president of Planet Z reside? He resides on a porch. <laughs> yeah, this like porch gazebo thing in the middle of that weird. It looks like landscape. a Greek. You know, it looks like like he's like some Greek kind of. Yeah, it, from which every is... time we see it, it's from a still image frame yeah um aiming you know towards and you hill. can see in the background of the, the weird world this is where the zoom in happens um you you enter this thing by climbing upstairs yeah um but but we don't we don't
0: we, we don't see the stairs they come towards us yeah
1: but you can see like whenever yb comes into the room she walks up Yep. Um. And does she do a lot of walking in these scenes? No. <laughs> no? She. But she gets of, around the office a lot. She teleports constantly. And Don't it forget ma- the
2: little glitter she leaves
0: behind. She leaves glitter behind. And every
1: time she teleports, appears, disappears, it makes a noise, doesn't it?
0: Yes, and also you can tell that she originally did walk from point A to point B, but in post-production they were like, nah, let's just cut it. So you can see (laughs) the other actor's body slightly change positions as well because they clearly shot it with her walking from point A to point B, but they just thought teleport, we have effects.
2: Also, can I just address, why was she wearing something that resembled a horrible, shitty, like, Egyptian Halloween costume? Because
0: she had great eye makeup. (laughs) Her eye makeup was killer. She did killer eye makeup. Come on, Jules. You do eye makeup. you got to be jealous of that eye makeup.
2: I will agree it was good, but it, it just confused me. It was dang good.
0: It was dang good. But she wants to do this plan where she's like, let's take over the kids. So she goes to her bubble... Her little building. I don't know what the
1: fuck it like is. Like headquarters. We can Where
0: she has her flunky who wants to fuck her. This yeah, again yeah. goes into the fucking element. Yeah. Th- he's... Who's dressed in pink polka dots. <laughs> yeah. No, he's
1: wearing, he's wearing a silver like, jumpsuit of some sort and the are giant pink circles polka dots. all over yeah. it. Yeah. And he wants to fuck her. And she wants to fuck him
0: too. I There's thought... a lot of sexual and, tension And um, shall them. we not address and...
2: the chair? Oh, I've got to get that. On... She
0: sits on oh, one of yeah. those chairs that you just kind of drape yourself over, and she's wearing like these interesting kind of stockings, these fishnet-esque yeah. stockings in her short outfit, and she's si- sitting on it sexily.
2: It, yeah, she's got a... It's like she's a... L- kind of half-lying with her legs crossed over.
1: With one leg up, so you can see her calf. It's like a futuristic-y, moderny version of, like, whenever you see it's a poor... depictions of, like, the Roman emperors, like, sitting, yeah. laying down, getting grapes. Fed grapes. Well, look, yeah. honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm... I would believe that
0: that guy... Has an alien porno mag and the and the, the pullouts.
2: The centerfold the
0: centerfold is her on that chair like that.
2: Yeah. Mm. It's
0: so weird. But yeah, she starts taking over kids who are asleep, but she wants to the take sequence when she, she wants it. to take over the president's daughter, but she woke up and she's like, I can't wait for a few hours when she goes back to sleep. i got to take over Kirby because he's asleep on a speedboat in the middle of the day. She might stay awake for hours.
1: ...suitable targets are on this island.
0: We have a strong signal from Kirby Frinkle. The boy who sent the internet message. Excellent. An impressionable subject. Let's go down. Can we talk about the CGI dream sequence? Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Jules, could you please try and fathom Okay, so...
2: So, the only... Let me, let me try and remember this. So he's lying down and that's the f- kind of thing in the foreground. And then in the background, you have this kind of space image where all of these little bubbles of her face come po- like I don't, floating down into his mind. And then next thing you know, the background kind of rips and it looks like the sun's coming out and the same thing sort of happens again until, you know, it kind he kind of wakes up and that image starts appearing into the next thing you know. Does she come as an eye first? A floating eye? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and next thing you know, he wakes up and Zora and this I have been talking about him. While
0: looking at him. While
2: looking at him. And he wakes up and he jumps in a fright going like, you know, what the fuck have I woken up to? And apparently Zora goes, oh, she wants to be our friend.
0: Yeah, like they've had this conversation that we weren't privy to. Yeah. And then we, for the rest of the movie, honestly, I didn't know if she was actually the antagonist for a while. Then I was like, yeah, maybe she is because... The Planet 38 people, Earth people, and a few of the other Planet Z people talk about her like she's this rebellious renegade who's going against the grain of their world. But we know she isn't because she's talked to the president. But then at the same time, it's like, maybe she's double backstabbing the president because at the end of the movie, she lives and she's a good person? So I'm like... Was she actually undermining the invasion the whole time, but then I thought as well no She's actually doing it because the movies happening. She's actually being evil I honestly don't know if she's the antagonist But I have to call her that because she's the closest one we get but I honestly don't know if she was supposed to be good or evil I don't
1: understand from a simple like look at how she behaves and looks and how the Planet 38 guy behaves and looks, the 38 guy looks a lot more like a stereotypical villain. He, that's why I said he looks like a Doctor, v- Doctor Who villain. But for all we see of him, he kind of, yeah, it seems all he does is neutralise a problem.
0: Yeah. He's like, you guys are performing crimes. I'm gonna stop you. But he's so evil about it. Like, very evil. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the antagonist. Don't know if she's evil, but she wants to latch on to Kirby. And honestly, I don't know why she does, because she doesn't utilize him in any fashion other than hiding under a hat he owns.
2: I thought the whole point was that he would lead her to Holly. But he doesn't. I know. Yeah, the-
0: the- <laughs> well,
2: I get that. There's, there's <laughs> one- now, Listening
1: people. We should mention that there was one uh, problem when we were watching the film... Ryan's secondhand copy of this triple movie treat <laughs> s- for some, has some sort of problem where we were not able to watch thirty seconds about thirty or forty seconds of the film. The point where the film froze and wouldn't play from showed the back of the planet thirty eight man's head. At this point, we had never seen him before, and from what we could tell, we didn't know what that was.
2: I'm assuming that's the point where he comes down and tethers with Luther. Luther
1: yeah, because then when we did see it, Luther's
0: pointing at the moon, and he's fading into the moon, and we're like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, uh, you were confused, because it was clearly daytime, but it's like, why is he pointing at the moon? Yeah, but honestly... The the like fact that the fact mark. that we
0: could miss thirty seconds of this movie and feel like
1: we've missed a whole act of the movie says a lot about it. Yeah, because soon after that, next time we see it's Luther and Holly are together, and he forcibly—well, not forcibly, but he he takes her away from everyone else on a boat, on a speedboat. So speed well, how many speedboats are there in this movie, Bartek? Lots. Yeah, There's lots. I feel like there were only two, but they were used a lot.
0: Let's just go through some other things. So we have Luther and Holly own this nice relationship, and they're very happy, and they're hiding out in this uh, cabin in the woods. That's described as a lake house, even though it's not near a lake. Because John Aston, who's the president of the United States, who we should get into. Oh yeah, yeah. Declared He's a warning the to the children and the people at Betaville about these floating eye things, because the eyes can only get you if you sleep. So the president is advised by Judge Reinhold and his sexy military assistant. Dressed in latex. Dressed in white latex with thigh-high boots. But it's okay, we don't know that until later because her dress does go up to her knees. Her leather, I mean her her latex skirt. But later on she takes off her thigh-high boots. And orgasms, we'll get into that. but. <laughs> ah! George Reinhardt and her advised that the president should stay awake because this is body snatchers rules. Mm. And John Aston is the best performance in the entire movie. And that's not saying much. I just say that because John Aston is my favorite member of the Adams family because he was Gomez Adams. He's pretty great, and
2: we shouldn't discount the fact that we could hear ninety percent of his lines. No, I
0: think could we could hear hundred percent
1: <laughs> of his lines. He knows how to enunciate as well as has, I think as, as well as a good microphone. I think it was him that made us realize, oh, it isn't Planet Zine, it's Z.
0: Yeah, because all the others are like Planet Zine, and like I said, oh, is it Planet Z? And Bartek's like, I thought I heard Zine, and I'm like. You know what, me too.
1: Yeah, you kind of stuck with that. And then at some point, you were still calling it Z, and I'm like, oh, Ryan, I've kind of moved on from that. What about the bit
0: where there was a bad line delivery where it's like, it's like everybody does, but we heard everybody, everybody dies. dies. Yeah. <laughs> when it was like jumping into the water. It's like, come on, everybody does. It's like, <laughs> no, no, everybody dies. We're like, don't jump in there. <laughs> The President of the United States is superfluous in this movie. All he does is sit in the White House set. This is all shot in one day. And George Reinhold, who's a respected actor in his own right, who I've seen in many good things, is probably the worst performance in the movie. He's doing some crazy
1: bullshit in this. To be fair, it's also the characterization he was given. I don't care.
2: Well, his character (laughs) is... Like, talks half English and half in sounds that only his partner understands it's like what his, the actual meaning it's is. It's like he's
0: Michael Winslow from Police Academy, <laughs> the guy who does all the noise.
1: <laughs> but isn't really good at making noises.
0: So, Judge Reinhold's a general whose specialty is computer codes?
1: I guess military
0: generals are really known for computers. His codes codes.
2: were so advanced that only he could figure
0: figure them out. out. (laughs) Which was also really great because Jules pointed out that means they could also be so shitty Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that only he would know. Maybe
2: they're so broken (laughs) that only he knows. And
0: he's working on a device called the DDD, which is the uh, dot... Look, they said was, it like a million times there
1: was a lot of techno babble <laughs> there was the
2: e, no, e-, e- the
1: there were a bunch of there were a bunch of elements of this device called the the d d d that were all that was uh letters abbreviations
0: the DDD was the name of the dot de- dissociating device or something. Yeah. The DDD device. was the most
1: important one that I should remember, but I have forgotten.
0: The, and all they do is sit around being goofy. This is their storyline. There's like yeah. they've probably got four scenes in total. Yeah. And Judge Reinhold is wearing the white outfit, and he's just doing go- like googly eyes and noises, and he, and he, and I've said this in previous episode, in a previous episode, but I, I, and I got a bit of um. No, Resistance I agree, with, I agree with you on this one. I genuinely thought Judge Reinhold's character was retarded. I, I honestly thought, is this guy mentally handicapped?
1: Like, they're he, just allowing him to be here. Like, his partner mentions to the president that, um you know, he, he's awkward around people he first meets. So I was thinking, like, oh, okay, he's got, like, some sort of social disorder. But, but then we see
0: that's all he is like but, all the time. But then
1: he very quickly gets over his shyness around the president and he's still really awkward, Yeah.
0: I think he's mentally retarded, which is really weird because it's supposed to be f- for comedy, but it's
1: not funny. Like, when, it doesn't when, pass. As when that. we first saw him, and he was acting weird, and they mentioned he's a general, which was the He's really bar. high rank. <laughs> yeah, like, you're in charge of a lot of. Not people. only
0: was he a high, not only is a general a high rank, he must be so high ranked to be the first guy to go to in terms of an interplanetary defense. But, thing right that's got to yeah. be got to be really high but, ranked if you got you're that guy they get advice but from but take
2: it back to how he even enters the scene before he, he starts speaking before you
0: enter, the wait, room no, i think then, yeah. well he Pratt falls in but before that you see his head stick out of the doorway and he's got scruffy hair and he looks like he's just eaten too much cheese and then he falls, somersault falls into the room and like a And spills
2: needle, the president's jelly beans.
0: Which I did appreciate that reference because mm. that is a reference to Ronald Reagan who had jelly beans on his desk as president. So that's a neat little reference. Like, ah, this movie had a li- one smart thing.
2: Along with the magic eight ball on the He desk. had a
0: magic eight ball which was a good gag. The mise-en-scene
1: of his office was pretty good. Can we
0: talk about his painting?
1: We can talk about everything,
0: right? Dude, talk about his painting. You, you looked at it way more than I did, I felt.
1: Like, I, I noticed did, like, I, actu- once or twice. I actually only noticed it in like the last scene they had.
0: It was like he had all those paintings of the
1: old presidents. Yeah, but the, the one, oil paintings. But one of the paintings that was closest to his desk was this one of like a. It was a dog wearing a, like military suit. It or was something? basically
0: those old paintings, but the head of it was a dog. Yeah, but not like a dog's in profile, but a dog from front on.
1: So it had like the weird elongated face. It looked mm. weird. Yeah. Yeah, there were a bunch of random things in the office, like the magic eight ball on his desk. And I think it, there was, at one point in the room, I think it was like an old school TV that had some note on the top of it that said the Soviet Union. I kept trying to get. Well, references, from it, right? You're yeah, we like, I, I, what I, is this reference? But we never got a clear shot of it. So the only thing I could ever read from this white note that was on top of the T, if I think it was a TV, was the Soviet Union. I'm like, oh, this honestly, is, this is a long time after the Soviet Union. This Union's is the fall. worst White
0: House, like, president's office set ever. The Oval Office set ever, because it really did look like a tennis court that was spray painted gray. It was and spacious. they just stuck walls it was around. Pretty spacious, yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't even round. <laughs> the Oval Office yeah, was square. It
1: wasn't an Oval. So, well, it's the future, right? They
0: serve no purpose other than at the it's end. A post-Trump world. Judge Reinhold invents the DDD, and it shoots atoms. And you find out it doesn't hurt humans. He does this by shooting them at his female...
2: No, he starts off with the fish.
0: He starts off with the fish. It hurts the fish, which mm. is sad. Yeah, But then he's like out of the way president and then he shoots the female secretary but then and she goes ah but then she's fine shoots her just quickly and then this was most i honestly think this was the most confusing part of the movie for me this is saying a lot because the other parts were so nonsensical confusing but this i'm like there's some sense here that i'm not getting the president grabs her by the shoulder and he goes i am so sorry that i made that happen to you and you're like what you didn't (laughs) shoot her What? I don't understand. That really is sticking in my brain as something that I'm like... There's an answer to this. The other ones, I accept there are no answers. But wasn't that
1: also followed up with, like, more shooting of her?
0: Yeah, and then the guy shoots her some more to the point in which she and, is. And we, like, should, we should
2: mention that it's not just shot kind of, like, in your conventional, you shoot a gun and one bullet comes out. It's actually, like, a, a stream. continuous yeah, there's a semi-automatic, stream.
0: semi-automatic, yeah. But before he shoots her again, she's, like, getting ready to get shot again, so she's, like hitching up her skirt where we find out she has knee uh, thigh high white latex, s- boots. latex boots she's unzipping them and we're like what the fuck is going on she even undoes her hair and switches it out and then she gets shot continuously and she yeah,
1: yeah she's orgasms. not she's not in pain but she's, she's, she's orgasming it's clearly giving her a stimulant of some sort because yeah no pain but she's clearly reacting to getting a shot and we find out that humans can withstand this for 2 minutes until they climax
2: so I guess this demonstrates that a person wouldn't be hurt by accidental exposure. Well, in practice, the way those dots jump around, it might take even more than that.
1: Ah! In lab, we've kept this up for hours. <gasps> really? How long can this go <gasps> on? About uh, two more minutes should do it for me. I think we're onto something, Efren.
2: <laughs> ah! ah!
0: <laughs> That's mainly it. Then they. That indicates that they can defeat the dots. But meanwhile...
2: They never actually use that, we should no, mention
0: either. We No, we should mention that they never use this because the kids defeat the dots in the end by doing shit all. I don't know where you go with the kids. This, the, the camp takes well, kids hostages. Riots start happening. They yeah. get a tank.
1: Yeah, there's. this is the part... In the middle of this part that we're about to talk about now was the part where I'm like, guys, we need to pause. I need to, like, just, we need to chat about this. Well, yeah, Ruby
2: runs away to God knows where, magically ends up with these military people. Oh, she has an outfit
0: change as well, where she wears this really sexy, skin tight, like, Got a boob window 1970s looking like she looks like a Austin it rem- Powers. It reminds girl.
2: me from the lady from Archer who wears the yes. yeah. but Skin with, t- a, with back with a the, backless. The backless thing.
0: Really, really seductively backless outfit. Yeah. Like like I, I was getting Zoe Saldana flashbacks from from guess who? I'm just like, oh, this girl's back's really sexy, but then I'm like, she's really young, Ryan. No, but the movie is saying to you. Isn't she sexy in this little outfit? Because this is apparently
1: a kids' film, so you know, kids it's find a this black, sexy. It's a
2: tight little black number with a, with a belt, a, with a loopy kind of belt, uh, a boob peek hole, and a backless top.
1: Ah. And she meets some people inside a hangar. One of them's she? German. Well, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. the
2: one who comes out of the tank is German. There
1: are three people in this hangar around a tank. Who are adults? They're adults, but they don't have but don't have dots though. So. Yeah, they don't have dots. They're 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 employees of the of Betaville. Yeah, of Betaville. Um, and they're having a conversation about this old event called World War Two,
0: when it all started because the Chinese invaded Japan. No, it started because Germany invaded um, somewhere weird. It wasn't Poland. France? No, it wasn't even that. I think it's someone completely different. But then the German guy pops out. He's like, no, it all started way before that with the German Civil War. (laughs) And you're like okay it's basically
1: three guys who are all like no you're wrong this is what happened oh but no they're no all wrong it
0: was it was when Germany um bombed Pearl Harbor
1: that was yeah. that's, right that's it. you're like okay Pearl that... or he was like half right it wasn't Germany though yeah
0: but in their universe I think it is right because it's all insane that's insane but yeah she comes in and she's just like hey, I'm a girl
2: I'm good with engines
0: <laughs> I know how to do engines and like one guy is like, you're not allowed here, this is a restricted area. And then she's like, uh, excuse me, the president said... The president of the United States, might I add, not of the world. Oh, we should
1: talk about his speech before we mention this part, right?
0: John Aston in his dumbass speech to the children, basically like, to the children and adults of Bataville, children are in charge now, don't trust adults, and get lost.
1: Yeah, yeah, his whole speech was centred around the idea of you know, people Columbus. people tend to tell each other to get lost. Well, it wasn't America founded when a bunch of people like Christopher Columbus got lost? So I say that great things come from getting lost. So I'm gonna get lost so that we can make great things. And I want you to all to get lost. And he's standing and do great wearing things. a fishing outfit. Yeah. And if you and if you're ever confused about what to do, my advice to you is listen to what the kids have to say.
0: They're in charge now. Yeah. So she uses that knowledge and says, "Well." I'm in charge because I'm a kid. And then they all just go, all right, and let's leave. And she rides around in a tank for what feels like ages. Yeah, there's a there's a whole plot about, um...
1: The One of the kids Zora. is kidnapped by the
0: camp, which... It's
1: like a very confusing kind of kidnapping because they're very civil about it. Well, here's what's happened, though. These
0: adults don't have dots. Yeah. right. These are the ones at the camp don't have dots. And here's what my understanding of it was. And... Uh, This is still me, there's a little asterisk next to this by me saying, the asterisk is, I don't know.
1: Oh, this is the biggest part for me where I don't know. I
0: think the adults were very aware that the dots were bad.
1: Yes, they were aware of the dots at the very least.
0: They were aware of the dots being bad, and they wanted to capture the kids who had dots to stop them From influencing the other kids and getting to their parents, so that because they knew that they could get the dots.
1: Yeah.
0: But then eventually, throughout all of this confrontation and conflicts, they are eventually convinced that the dots are okay. That's kind of where they're at. That's
2: kind of what I got. Kind of. But uh, then we we get distracted because the
0: black kid gets a hat.
2: Well, well, doesn't Ruby get back to the camp to find that all the kids are revolting against the adults? Because are... they're kidnapped kids. Yeah, because they're kidnapped.
0: But they're kidnapping ones with dots. But then the kids are also like, the dots are evil! And they're yelling at the campmasters going, show
1: us your dots! And they're like, we don't have any. It's like, yeah, that's something they, a guy with a dot would say, but they don't have dots? Yeah, the, the, the old campmaster who was kind of like the, the head-talking figure of them had... His daughter with him, and he was like, Oh, we want the dot to go into her because I guess. I, you know, because yeah. then
0: I'm not kidnapping. Yeah. I don't want to piss off the kids either. And it gets to the point where they rock up with a tank and they shoot the tower that's on the cover that really doesn't play into anything ever. Mm. And then he's like, Okay.
1: Have them back. And then, for like 10 to 15 minutes, there's just a bunch of like <laughs> no plot developments, but kids playing with the tank. They're just like riding around shooting. Wait, wait just- this is
2: where the girl has the laser gun as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the guys has a laser gun out of nowhere. But, Bartek, I said to you, I find it really impressive that they got a tank. And you're like, is it really a tank? And I'm like, well, at least it's not CG. They got something that actually looks like a tank. But then as soon as we said that, it enters into the 10 minutes of watching them have a tank. And it really <laughs> fed into the fact that I was right. They got a tank and they were like, we are going to show it because this goes into a lot. Whoever this director was, Tom Small, I think his name was. Yeah. yeah. There's two things that I can really stamp down in this. One, he must have a daughter who's a singer. Cause at least two to three times in the movie, the movie will stop dead in its tracks so we could hear a full song from this one female singer. And then in the credits it said those songs were written by him and sung by a girl. I don't think I don't I don't I don't think they're the same last know. name. It but sounds
2: like, like a kiss me like sixpence none the richer ripoff. Yeah, and then the
0: other is he got a tank and he really needed to use that tank. Like like he's that like, guys, I got it for one day. We're going to show it off in the movie. Show where the money went.
1: Forget the plot. Let's just...
0: <laughs> Forget tank. the plot for my daughter's soundtrack
1: and the tank that I got. And it's not like there's a lot of variety. It's just they're driving the tank around. There are some conversations happening <laughs> while the tank's driving in the Honestly, background. Honestly, the tank there are is shots a, the, of the a inside. character. Yeah, the, there's shots of the inside of the tank, which is like this hollow white room. Yeah, with, like with a the few Jamaican levers.
2: kid and another kid.
0: Yeah, girl, a, a girl. A girl. That was the tank has an arc, a tragic arc, because yeah. this movie's low level violence, and honestly, it gets violent because uh, there's a bit where the Jamaican kid, we will call him, the one with the dreads and the beret, and a girl come up with the notion of putting two. <sighs>
1: shells yeah. in at the same time. Just to see what happens.
0: And it explodes the tank with them inside. And I jokingly said before that, they're like, they're going to kill themselves. And then it explodes. And I was like, my mouth agape. I'm like, they killed themselves. But then the the, the, the head of the Everyone was like camp, running
1: out of the building no, to look.
0: they weren't running. They were just casual about it. So then I was like, oh, okay. This the two like kids cartoon-y. are going to come out and they're going to be covered in ash. But no. No, they're dead. Like, they actually treat it like they died, and we should accept that. Because the Except two main that, kids yeah. are real mournful, and, but it seems like she was mournful for the tank. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't oh, it? oh, no, not we our tank!
2: We couldn't film more
1: scenes, so let's just make it go out with a bang.
2: Shall we not forget when Kirby stands up at the tank, whips out his, well, quote-unquote, that's,
1: that's what we're getting sword. up to, oh, my dear friend Jules. <laughs>
0: Jules... <laughs> Meanwhile, the aliens have had more plans, and they're like, fuck it, we'll just kill the kids, for some reason. With, you know, umbrellas
1: and circles.
0: But then, the evil woman decides, no we won't, and she makes it so that the missile blows up, but it makes it look like the little Kirby guy. He decides, out of nowhere, with no prompting, that he'll stand on the flaming tank, grab out his little pirate sword, point it at the missile, and, and say, at this point, no! <laughs> and at this point, he has a pirate coat, too. Oh, yeah, and a hat. A big yeah. cowboy hat. <laughs> a big cowboy hat that he uses so that he could hide a dot inside of. Like,
1: it was giving us the impression that, like, throughout the film, he's gonna, like, constantly have a costume upgrade thing, adding on more pirate And stuff. then when we see him as an adult, uh, more yeah. he,
0: he has the full outfit, like, the legendary outfit of Kirby, the saviour of
1: Bataville. Mm. So, basically, what Kirby does is he, like, he stands and looks up at the missile as it's coming down. He he lifts his sword slash actually a dagger and just, like, aims it at the missile. Ryan was joking about, like, oh, is he actually going to, like, chop it in half or something? Yeah. And then just, like, you wait a bit, some light stuff happens, and the missile blows up. That's it. Yeah.
0: What a fucking roller coaster that was for the two seconds that they tried to set it up as tension. Where, where do we look? My brain is starting to hurt from trying to even well, let's, do the highlights. Let, let's
1: do a fun thing. Let's go to when we cut to the cabin, the the building where uh, Lily and Holly are. You guys like that part. Oh, yeah, because um, just to
0: highlight, Luther is from some kind of Asian background because of his clothes, not so much his ethnic looks. Would, his I white would, skin.
2: I would hint more towards like India kind of as well. Just to... oh, Like a North Indian Yeah,
0: uh, he's got something going. Let's say Tibet. So he's from <laughs> Tibet. We'll <laughs> settle. Or settle, unlike China and Tibet. Um, Nigeria. He's, he's, he's the actual African guy. Um, he and Holly are just having this argument like a married couple about how he needs to move in with her. And he's like, in my culture, we don't do that. And she's like, fuck your culture. <laughs> I want you to be here because I'm scared of aliens. And we're
2: going to tell my parents about the
0: facts of life because <laughs> we are old enough. <laughs> And I'm just like,
2: what? and he's real. He's real hell bent on no. Like I can just live in the granny flat. Like it's fine. I'll still be close, but I don't have to be. Right Respect here. my
0: cultural understandings. Yeah. And she's like, "Fuck you.
1: I'm America."
0: And it was so funny to watch yeah. this domestic like <laughs> debacle happen when all we had before was that they like that they kissed and fingered earlier and I now they moved up to like they're about to get but fucking gets, married. It
2: gets real <laughs> confusing because then she goes, Have you ever felt like you're being followed? So it's like, what is it? Do you want and him to says, be close yes. or do you want him to
0: be but far then he says away? But then he says in a real stern tone, Yes I do. And I was expecting legit we've seen a lot of these movies. We've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> I was legit expecting it to kick in with the sad music and he talks about in a monologue <laughs> about what it's like to be a world leader's son. And how you're constantly never alone. I was expecting that, but then it's like, <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Fuck you, no emotional depth. We're plowing forward to the cat fight.
1: Yeah. Holly is really patriotic when she's in this lakeside cabin that's not near a lake.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the cat fight. Oh we, yes. <laughs> eventually, Ruby finds out where they are. She drives in the Jag. <laughs> There's a had. Jag, by the way. There's a Jag, which
2: they they assume is the Secret Service.
0: Yeah, they do. They do assume that. Uh, no, no, he does. And then she says, "They don't drive cars like that." I'm like, "Thank God Holly gets it." I actually liked Holly, like <laughs> before the cat fight as well. Like I thought she was all right. I thought, "Look, she's 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 she likes this guy, and he likes her." I actually mm. thought their romance was kind of sweet, even though it became really adult very quickly. <laughs> but then Ruby, no, he sees Ruby outside. And then he's like, Ruby, I've always loved you.
2: They profess their love for each other.
0: But then he goes, oh, my God, no, and runs away. And she's like, what's wrong? He goes, I can't explain. And I'm like, is it because the writer director doesn't want us to know as the audience? Because I don't know. Apparently he has all these answers. That went all out to have.
2: Which I'm guessing we missed in the whole 30 seconds, <laughs> seconds. that we missed.
0: <laughs> and he runs back in and he starts getting changed. And then Holly's like, what's going on? What's going on? Who's out there? And he goes, you don't have to be afraid of what's out there, but what's in here? And I'm like, what? Because we find out in that scene that he has a dot that only he can see at certain times. is constantly watching him. Yeah, it's
1: the Planet 38 guy. But we we didn't know that for a while. Yeah, we didn't. We hadn't Uh, even heard of Planet 38. No, we had. Had we? Yeah, yeah. The president. We had heard of Planet 38. It was introduced
2: in the monologue at the beginning. Yeah, and
0: the president's tactic of the evil alien society was to get Planet 38 and Earth to fight each other and then they take it over after the ruining.
1: You guys are cheating listening to the film. (laughs) (laughs) How dare I watch it?
0: Um, But yeah, Ruby smashes her way through the door and Holly instantly is like, what are you doing? I thought we were friends. This is what you do to friends? And we're like, what? (laughs) If anything, Ruby should be saying that to you because she, for us the audience, was in love or has an affection for Luther, but then she saw that they were making out. But it's like the other way around where Holly's all indignant for no apparent reason. And, my God, <laughs> they just start fighting each other. At first, it's, like, pushing and, like, really, like, lame. And we're like,
1: oh, yeah, this is kind of ghost stuff. Typical... You thought that they were going to just, like, roll around But or then something. she
0: slapped her, and, like, Ruby slapped Holly in the face. And we're like, okay, this is getting it, a bit more was serious. And it a decent one where you heard the, like... And it also looked like she actually slapped her the face. A, yeah. So we're like, oh, okay, this is getting real. But then it really got real, didn't oh, it, Jules? Yeah, y-
2: so... It
1: <laughs> step back obsessed.
2: It, 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 I, I don't know if it got real when Ruby pushed Holly into a glass lamp where it shattered all over. And
0: and Holly said, "My hands." <laughs> or
2: if it really went down when Ruby decided to Fucking elbow Holly in the face. And not like a casual
0: elbow, but like where she crouched down and sprung up like a wrestler elbow. And and,
2: and actually knocked her into a wall to the point where Luther had to come up and break them apart.
0: Was it Luther or Tony? No, 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 no. no. It's Luther. It's Luther. Because Tony's not aware. But no, no. The best part is she knocks her and they stop fighting for a bit and she goes, oh my god. I'm gonna have to get you a wet rag for that elbow no. to the face injury. And then she like proceeds to leave, like walking towards the camera, and then and then Holly jumps her. Jumps yeah, and then Lutha has to come in. And my favorite bit <laughs> of this, this. this we pissed ourselves <laughs> when Luther's holding it back. She goes, "Stop it! You're Stop hurting it, hurting me." And then he lets her go. And then she immediately
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's like a moment of calm. Then she gets right back <laughs> in, <Immediately.
0: laughs> fucking crash tackles Ruby. <laughs> but here's the thing all of this is happening it's extreme violence this is really extreme really low level -level violence but here's the thing too to go back to the sexual thing again I said this when we were watching it there's this inherent thing within this whether it's intentional or not but it's there Holly's wearing this kind of these cutesy pyjamas. Satin,
2: satin, satin pyjamas. Pajamas.
0: And I already pointed out that her, her shorts had got tucked up her ass real good. So you've got a good outline of this teenage girl's buttocks in these short satin shorts. And the top... And the other one's wearing that sexy Austin Powers outfit. So there's this inherent sexual nature to this fight scene as well as you're watching these two teenage girls sexily but also violently fight each other like in these,
2: smack down. in
0: their little sexy outfits. Then you add the mix that Luther's is coming in and he's in nothing but his underwear and he's trying to put a shirt on and he's fairly fit. So it just adds to this weird sexual thing even more where it's like... This is really uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> as well as fucking funny. Not you to mention what? the
2: way that Luther's grabbing
0: friggin' Holly. Oh yeah, he's like got his arms like well under her tits, kind of like pushing them yeah, up from and from behind. From behind, like, admittedly, I don't think that's the actor or them trying to do anything. I think that was just the nature of the beast of that moment. But it's just like it doesn't help when you add all those other things in there. They have that sexy fight, and it just ends with like her. Ruby grabbing Holly by the hair and like smacking her head against the couch and then Cut to them tying her up to a rocking chair with bandages and bits of sheets that they've cut up. And they're like, We're leaving you here, Holly. You're too wild. And I'm in love with Ruby. Like, he rubs his so <laughs> <in> even more. <laughs> what? That's the thing we need to talk about, too. Especially Jules and I noticed. Men are absolute cunts in this movie. Oh, jeez. Tony, Kirby, and, and, and Luther are all arseholes to their respective women that they're paired up with. Like, Kirby, which we barely talked about because he's barely a character, even though he's the main one,
1: yeah. treats a little
0: red-haired girl like a piece of shit through the movie. and mainly she treats him like a piece of shit too, so it's equality, but... Tony and Luther treat their respective ones that they're paired up with as pieces of shit because they're, at the end, supposed to be with the opposite girls that they are paired up with in the movie. Earlier
1: on in the film when when they dove into the water... They were having. They were just. The two of the guys were just looking down there, and they had this like blunt conversation where they're like, oh, "Man, yeah. if I had my pick, I'd go with her or something." And they're, yeah, they're choosing. I'd have her.
2: They're choosing their picks, and then Their meet. The, and and then they go, "Well, there's no harm in looking."
0: But then it cuts to the girls in the water, and this is what maybe <laughs> the girls' dialogues so they jumped in, and when they're in the water, we couldn't hear it, and it was just a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it sound like. Remember when they're in the water? And they're like sexually splashing each other funniest... and giggling and dunking each other in the water while they're in there. And all you can hear is them going... <laughs> all these weird noises while they're talking about how they want to pork them.
2: But the funniest part about that is they're not even in revealing bathing suits. They're in pretty much like...
0: Her slip full, was more revealing.
2: Full-on clothes to go into the One water. One of them was wearing shoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did I ever tell you? If I could have my pick of any of them, it would be Holly.
0: But we have this sexy cat fight. She's tied up to this rocket jet, but then she immediately kicks him because she's let her foot- her foot's not tied up and then her other foot's not tied up. And then they just leave her there. And, I'm, and I said, well, now her feet are free. She can immediately just walk, find something to free her hands. And then she's good. But she does. She immediately does that. But then she just she walks, I counted it, five steps. Hmm. Turns, looks up, looks down, gives up, sits in the rocking chair. It falls backwards and she's stuck on her back like a turtle. And oh, yeah. she just gives up.
1: <laughs> yeah, until the later scene where Tony comes in. Tony
0: and Kirby come and find her because mm. they're together for a majority of the movie for some reason. We have to talk about the the aliens, uh, LB mm-hmm. and YB. her... or oh, YB, sorry. YB and her sidekick have a sex scene because he... Sex in quotes. Uh, alien yes. sex. Yeah. Because he's really turned on by her and she's really turned on by him. Like, I actually thought that was an interesting thing because usually in a movie like that she would usually with this superiority thing she would yeah. see him as like a flunky but... No, she's up for it. And how they have sex is by sticking their finger in the other person's ear. And they are, oh, they are going at it. We were like gobsmacked. We we're like, what? I think this is one of the moments where Bartek, when you did this like th- three or four times, Bartek, when this is good, when he sees something really crazy in a movie, like the bit when <laughs> zoomed in, Bartek's voice goes real funny, and he just goes, "What was that? <laughs> and that's what was going on in that scene too. It's like, what? Because I also asked, "Who's this for?" While wow, that was happening, and you're like, "What?" Because they're sticking each other's finger in their ear and they're orgasming, and it reminded me of this movie called Coneheads, where they have sex scenes in that too, where it's like alien sex is really weird. All they have to do is touch each other's hands, and they just go, "Oh!" But in this, well, by the time this episode comes out, we've already released an episode in on that. their ear, and they're like, "Oh, oh, oh!" And like, and then they have to stop doing it because the kids are calling them on the thing, which is really fucking weird. Honestly, after the tank explosion, after the missile explosion, after the cat fight, it's just basically them running around from point A to point B in a, in a, in, in a speedboat until the Planet 38 guy shows up. With the
1: worst uh, microphone in that no. one
0: shot. In one shot he has a really bad microphone, where the other shots he has a really great microphone where he's just like, Hello, I am from planet thirty eight. And you people from planet Z are actually long lost ancestors from us. You got lost travelling. And then they'll and then the woman's like, That's not true. It couldn't be and he's just like, It is. <laughs>
1: like it, it's just so. It's p- like spore. it almost felt like he didn't have a microphone but he clearly did because his dialogue was being picked up but it was the quiet i think the quietest example of intentional dialogue
0: it really was that bad but uh yeah you find out the planet z people are actually long lost ancestors of planet 38 but that doesn't matter because planet 38 has made a full-scale invasion of their planet in the meantime and has killed the president of planet z violently might i add very very violently yeah. they shoot him there's a hole in his body. It's just a piece of CGI bullshit clip art, but it looks Like, you know, when you think of it in the real thing, you're like, oh, that's pretty violent for a little kids movie like this. Mm. And the people from Planet 38 are bad, but they're good. Like, they basically stop the Earth invasion from happening. They don't have any intentions of invading it, but... It feels like in the future they could very well do that. But they don't. They're more... It seems like they're more like, we don't like what these Planet Z people are up to. They don't respect our values. Mm. But then they are evil, because Luther, who was given the dot guy, he apparently disobeyed them by not doing anything. Like, he disobeyed them by doing nothing. Like, he didn't disobey them. I didn't understand. They're like, you disobeyed us. You are punished. And there's this tractor beam and it sucks him in and he gets put in a dot. And he's screaming forever and he spins out and it's like the Phantom Zone in Superman 2.
2: Oh, and let's not forget that Ruby's banging on the beam going, please, like, take me with
0: you. Giving the ugliest cry ever in a movie ever, according to (laughs) Jaws. Her face was like, that's about the movie, though. Luther sucked into the Phantom Zone. Ruby's crying. Everything's miserable. But then they just go, eh, we'll cut to the future. Where it's like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, cut to the present, in fact, Ryan. Yeah, they no, cut no, no, no. To,
2: no, the wedding's first. The
0: wedding's first. They cut further in time where. I thought Luther... that we cut to the present, then we cut no, back to no, the No, no. Luther, his bubble zooms. No, no. It flickers away into what fades into a neon sign saying Dance Club. And then it zooms out, and it's all the characters we know at this dance club watching the TV as the president announces that we defeated them by using the DDD. Mm. And the daughter of the president goes, Hello, everyone! The president of the United States is talking! We better listen! I'm like, that's your dad! Just say it's my dad! It's so weird. And then... They all go, ah, yes, how beautiful this all is. And then it cuts to the little black boy holding a ring. And I just was like, what? What? No. And it's Holly and Tony, who apparently love each other, getting married. He
1: rescued her from the rocking chair.
0: They're getting married, and the best ADR ever happened, where the priest says, you know, could put the ring on and kiss your bride, but we see him and his lips aren't moving at all.
1: I'd call it the second best. The people in that one room that were having a conversation with lips not moving at all (laughs) was my favorite ADR.
0: Yeah, this... They get married. Everyone's happy except for Ruby. She's all sad because Luther's gone. And Luther asked her, demanded that she live a happy life. And then we cut to the present, and we find out that Kirby is now... An old man. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen him throughout the movie as an old man writing
1: in calligraphy yeah. for some reason. But here, <laughs> but here he actually leaves the room he's in, and we discover that he's now the campmaster of Beethoven,
0: which is like, kind of neat, quite neat. I thought that was like mm. an actual good reveal because I didn't think about what he
1: was, where he was. I went, yeah. oh,
0: you know. That was quite a neat little. Yeah,
1: for all we knew, like it could have just been like, oh, his deathbed or he's retired or like,
0: or like his cabin in the woods or something, right? Or like, I actually thought he was now the prime minister of Canada and that's his office. Mm. It actually cuts, and then there's Ruby in the future, who's now played by a pure white woman. Yep, and I, (laughs) Jules and I had a good little laugh over that because, because I was just like. As we mentioned earlier, Jules, you're you're biracial on some level, and I just went when you get older. <laughs> yeah,
2: on, on, on some, some level. level,
0: because I say this because, on other levels. Because slower. you have more of an Asian look about you, but when you get old, you're gonna be white. That's the <laughs> I'm whole not watching. even
2: gonna revert to the other. <laughs> the no, when
0: you when you were <laughs> when, when you were a baby, you were full Asian. But oh, yeah. now, when you're now where you are, you have you're got the good evenness of it. Ald- and Obama. then when you're an old woman, your Italian's gonna come out more, <laughs> and you're gonna be like that old Italian puppet lady oh.
1: on those pasta jars. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're gonna be Bobo's mum from oh, no. Fat Pizza. <laughs> you're gonna be Bobo's
0: mum <laughs> <laughs> from Fat Pizza. Idiota! That's Jules's. Jules is here. She's like, hey guys, it's me. But in like 50 years' time, she's like, it's me, Jules. Mm-hmm. I'm now a white lady. I get the privilege. <laughs> and... <laughs> We were laughing so hard about the fact that they just got a white actress because they couldn't get a biracial older I thought, actress. I thought,
1: for some reason, I thought you were laughing hard at uh, Luther's Memorial.
0: No, because they eventually go to Luther's Memorial and it's just, what is it, a plinth that looks like a soccer ball covered in
1: papier-mâché. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just Why like is a, it a ball? I don't know. It reminded me of when it's a representation YB was of the, the eye. But yeah. Yeah. The disc,
0: but they were, they were flat.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The dots. I don't know. No, but no, no. When she was the eye, was that flat? No. No, it was a hologram. <laughs> yeah, but. I, I mean, don't know. It was still sphere.
0: But uh, the, she's basically there yeah. with future Kirby, and he's just like, he's gone. Hmm. But then we cut to Planet Z, which looks fine now.
1: Well, f- we first saw what was written on the Moral oh, and Oh, yeah. It said, it, and it revealed that, you know. He wasn't dead, which was what I was thinking, but you kept saying he was dead. It was like, we <laughs> hope for your return someday. And
0: while this scene's playing out, it's also intercutting with when they put the memorial there when they were kids, placing flowers yeah. down to, which actually was done quite nicely. Like the editing actually worked in that scene, unlike mm-hmm. other scenes. Yeah, I agree. But then she starts crying again, and then Luther is in the f- no longer the phantom zone because some reason is on Planet Z with the evil woman who's now good, but maybe she was good all along, like I said. We'll never know. He's still young because they don't age there. And he's just like, my God, I want to talk to her. And he, he floats down in his phantom zone bubble. And he's like, come with me. You can be young forever. And she's like, y- yes, I would love that. But you know what I love? Do you remember how she knew she could do that? Do you remember what happened? Yeah. She, she looked at Kirby And he just gave a nod, like, you should do it. Like, she had to get his
1: approval.
2: You are free to do what you want. You're free
0: to go to the planet Z and be young forever. I used to be... I'm weirded out that Luther's not offering me that option, considering I'm his younger brother.
1: But whatever. Well, younger brother for like a day. Yeah, I know, not a morning. Oh, sorry, no, it was a few days, wasn't it? I felt there, like it all a... took place in one day. If well, I'm there was honest. a there was a night scene when they got to the camp and there was riots. Remember? Yeah,
0: yeah, but we also started the movie in the in the morning and it ends in the morning. But I have
2: to say, if the president was that tired in one day, then he's real fucking. Well,
0: up. he's the president. <laughs> It's a tiring job. His jelly
1: beans were spilled. He couldn't eat them.
0: He's John Aston. His
1: mustache was. His his magic eight ball said no. I do
0: love the fact that John Aston's mustache still looks as perfect as it did in the 1960s when he was in the Adams family. Like, it still looked fantastic, his mustache. Mm. I want a mustache like John Aston's. Now, that's a mustache. Mm. It's you either go John Aston or Tom Selleck. Those are the only mustaches that I will
1: accept. But anyhow, um, Ruby wakes up in the same place that Luther and the two oh ate. in the sexy chair in the sexy chair wearing yeah. a sexy outfit and she's young again of course a
2: disco outfit it looked like a disco outfit again
1: the Austin Powers babe aspect <laughs> would have been kind of funny if she woke up as you know her modern self
0: it would have been it would have been even funny if she woke up as Heather Graham from Austin Powers <laughs> too. <laughs> It wouldn't be funny, but you'd like that. <laughs> I, I
1: would have given this movie a 10 if I did. You want to see Heather Graham in that chair?
0: <laughs> oh, I've. Well, yep. Yep, I do. Yeah, you got you me the- there, Bartek. I No, it's very but easy. She you wakes up, up there, so, and Luther just looks at her. And then she gets up. She's like, Oh, you're here. And then they kind of just go, Oh, we're here together now. Forever. And they walk off.
1: End movie. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that's yeah, the end of
0: yeah. the movie. They just walk off and a bunch of CGI nonsense flies at us. (laughs) End movie. Credits roll, music plays, more soundtrack from The Daughter. It doesn't even tell us what year it is at the end of the credits, which movies are supposed to do. Even Stardust did that. It's insane. It's nuts. Yeah. I need you guys to tell me what year you thought this film came out. Was there any... Kind of numbers flying at you when watching it, or afterwards, or even now as we discuss it.
1: My bias towards the fact that it's in the same pack as Stardust leads me to think that it is also around the turn of the century. Okay. Um, I was thinking, I'll, I was thinking maybe I'll pick the same year as Stardust, which we ended up thinking was ninety eight, ninety nine. But I'm gonna up it a little bit to two thousand. Okay. What about you, Jules?
2: I'd agree with that.
0: 2000? Yeah. Me, what were you I, I was
1: looking... I did this with Stardust too.
0: There's certain actors that I know. I saw Judge Reinhold and I saw John Aston and I was trying to determine their ages and how they look from what I know them to be now and what I know them to be in their younger years. And it is in that in-between of like the 90s and 2000s. And I guess like 2000... I wanted to guess like 2002, mm-hmm. 2003. So 2002. But I was wrong. You guys were wrong. It was 2001. Ah, the ah. middle. 9-11 happened. Right. And they thought, release this. <laughs> this will please them. Um, Yes, 2001 was when this amazing Ooh, product came no. out. And since I'm saying it is amazing, I have to
1: also ask, would we recommend this? Man, this is a, I, I, I'm, I think I'm leaning no for this one. Oh, okay. Why? It's, I'm very curious. Uh, well, well, Stardust, I feel like... It it just made a lot more sense. But are you
0: Stardust. measuring this on the Stardust pedestal,
1: which is, not I think star- probably one not of the our ton- top? No, no, no. Movies. I'm not. Me- I'm not measuring it on the Stardust pedestal. But I'm <laughs> just saying that, unlike my thought process in that episode, this one made a lot less sense in terms of its main plot. Mm. With Stardust as nonsensical as it was. I at least understood what everyone's motivations were... Okay, yeah. ...and what they were going for, whereas in this one, you know, I... I was lost for a large part of it. I wasn't sure if I'd missed something. Um, I mean, we literally did miss, like, 30 seconds, but even ignoring that... it Look, it definitely had moments in it, and I guess I'm saying a similar thing that I said in Meteor Apocalypse, but I guess for this one at least... The highlights are definitely something you'd want to check out. Fair enough. Um, but overall, to sit down and watch it, and if, you know, you got kids, I probably wouldn't say to watch it. On a bad movie night, though, I think it would be an alright pick.
0: Alright, well, I'm not recommending this as well. I do not think it would work on a good bad movie night either, mm. because, here's the thing, it's incomprehensible in ways that aren't fun. And I think one of the ways that it is in- incomprehensible, that and we touched on it, we joked on it, but one of the things that really makes it hard to follow this film is not the lack of structure necessarily, or even the plot. It's the audio. I could not understand what many people were saying. In previous mm. episodes, Bartex has had that complaint on some regards, or when we've had to turn the volume all the way up, or complaining that we don't have subtitles. I usually don't have that problem as much because I, I I don't know I feel like my hearing's better in that regard with some of these things but, maybe oh, but this gotta... time around this is a deliberate like this is an audio problem where the ADR is bad but not in a funny way it is in that way where you are having a conversation in which you're hearing oh, yes blah, blah, and you're like what I'm sorry and it's not just because of the bad mics either it's because actors child actors and adult actors this is the thing adult actors too didn't know how to enunciate their words and actually tell us things in a way that's clear. That's why when you have A-grade actors, or B-grade if you really want to go there, but for me the are A-grades, Judge Reinhold and, and John Astin, people who have worked in this industry for a very long time, who know the biz, who know how to act. That's why we could understand their dialogue. I don't even think it's not just because they had better microphones, because honestly, Judge Reinhold's microphone wasn't that great either. But I could understand them because they knew how to speak. Well, with these kids, they didn't have direction on that. They just spoke how kids do, mumbly and fast, Mm. or downwards, or something, or, you know, that kind of stuff. This was not fun. Watching it, because I couldn't understand what was going on in their dialogue, so I was often lost. I had to go in the visual elements alone, which were fucking atrocious, but funny at the same time. But there's too many things that just left me too stumped. I just couldn't grasp it. Like, Stardust left me confused as well, as did Finding Emo, as did many of these other movies. But I could kind of tell you... The basics of them, at least. Or get an understanding and- of what they were trying to do. Even Stardust, which in that episode, I'm pretty sure I'm like, I don't know what they were trying to do. But on a level, I understood that it was trying to be a family movie. This, I don't know who this is for. Honestly, this is one where I just go, it's it's incomprehensible even for children. It's too adult for children, but then it's also too kidsy for teens or adults. It's too sexual for anyone like, you know, it's incomprehensible. It's a no from me. What about you, Jules?
2: Oh, it's a it's a solid no. The only time I would ever recommend this is if you fully went in intending to play a drinking game out of it, and pr- you would probably understand it more being drunk than you would being sober. And I have the exact same issues. I have the fact that, like, you know, who, what, where, why? Like, who who the fuck is this for? Because I don't understand... As well, it's definitely got way too much sexual tension for it to be addressed to kids. It's also way too complicated in the fact that I, if, you know, I'm 24 and, uh, you know, we all went to Deacon, we all studied acting and film to a certain degree. Yeah. If, if me, who ha- actually has a degree in that, can't understand what the fuck is going on, then I don't understand how someone at all can understand it. Yeah. Um, it again is way too childish for an adult. It's just unpleasing to the eye. Mm. Not only, you know, can people not enunci- enunciate, but between the the horrible audio being so out of balance, not only just it cutting out, but the background being uh, yeah. like obnoxiously loud at some points and hearing random sounds like I don't know birds or something that would just happen randomly. Oh,
1: when they're in the water, the splashing
0: around, or, or even on the boat. Or when there's that bit where there's just this alarm noise going off when on the speedboat. And we never found out what that was coming from. Yeah,
2: just random knocks, random things where it sounds like on set. You know, the mic might have been pointed more towards the actual, yeah. like
1: <laughs> ambience, ambience or
2: whatever. or whatever, and you hear that more than the sound. It's just, it's literally everything. It's to the point where you know there are some things that you can really have a good laugh about the highlights to me are not strong enough or funny enough to kind of carry the rest of whatever Mm. the heck betaville is
0: yeah and thing too with the audio is it's it's that thing where it's not bad enough either like it's just a good enough quality where it's not like birdemic where that's a fucking nightmare audio wise This is competent enough, but so incompetent as well. Like all things Jules mentioned, but it's not like Birdemic where you have that real jarring kind of cut. And like they knew how to do audio, but they just decided to not
2: do it. But the worst part is when the audio is bad, you can make out a word or two here and there. I would actually prefer it if I couldn't make out the whole sentence compared to going... Oh, well, I heard that one word, so now I have to contextualise, you know, what the actual (laughs) sentence is. And then you're
0: seen behind because you're trying to figure out that other scene.
1: At least with Birdemic, they're so stiff and awkward that when they actually do have a sentence to say, that's like the whole shot and you can actually... That's true. Because that's the main thing you focus on. Like, this is the sentence of the shot. This is no
0: Birdemic. So we are going to be finishing the episode, of course... But we have to do something before then.
1: We have to do the mystery box typical finisher.
0: Yeah, which is we are stuck in this room because unfortunately... The audio editor from Betaville <laughs> has decided that we are not allowed to leave because we bad-mouthed his work.
1: So the And is... he can't hear us. Oh. What are you saying, Wang? I'm really concerned. Oh, yeah,
0: so So, he can't hear us right now because he's blocking his ear. And what do we do about that? <laughs> well, well, what we do about that is we're going to come up with a method in which we find a character from the movie... And then we um choose a character from the movie together, and they help us defeat the audio editor and his amazing ability to make crap audio. So, guys, you have to kind of figure out what character you want from the movie now. Bartek, have you got a character in mind?
1: <laughs> I think it's my favorite part of the episode. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, a character y- in mind. Uh, there, there are so many characters. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done laughing. Now I have just started thinking. Um... <laughs> I know exactly what character. Oh, oh, I can't wait to hear you. Bartek's got that thinking music on. I kind of want to say...
2: <laughs> I kind <laughs> of...
1: No, guys, too, uh, too quieter. <laughs> now, now we can't hear the effect of the quietness. I want to say John Aston, but I don't know if he did enough in the film to justify... Being
0: yeah, right. it is that thing where it's the actor, right? We all love him from Gomez being no, but Gomez. But his
1: character in the film, too, was kind of fun. Yeah. Um. You know what? Judge Reinhold. I he's knew you'd he's go got there. some technical know-how. He might have a gadget that can help us.
0: I knew you'd go there. I knew you'd go there. And honestly, uh, I... I I don't know either. Jules, I want to hear from you first. Like, <laughs> who are you picking?
2: <laughs> um, the person who had the... Most screen time on on this film purely because they went. We have this. We must utilize it. The tank.
0: The, the tank. fucking tank. Oh. The tanks a good. You choice. know what? The tank or the people that drove it at the end. No, the, the tank itself. It was a character. And
2: yeah. um, it's just the tank,
0: preferably <laughs> loaded with one. Not two shells, just that's one. That's actually pretty good. Uh, I was <laughs> I was leaning towards Judge Riddle right because he's the only character that really stuck out. Because I love John Aston as an actor, but it's only because he's the actor, not the character, for me. The character wasn't yeah anything on the page that was brought off of it. Because it's it's just like me going, "Hey, that's John Aston, I like him." Nothing else. At least with the previous episode, Stardust, the guy who played the science teacher, who is John uh, Carlo Esposito. I could tell he was doing more than just me liking that actor, right? But no, not John Aston. Judge Reinhold was probably what I would lean towards, but you have got, go got to go with the Definitely tank. We've got to go with the tank. Definitely tank. So Bartek, the audio editor guy, has now grabbed out his audio editing board, and he's threatening to cut off your microphone. If you don't stop him, we're not
1: going to be able to hear you. So what are you going to do? Well, Ryan, my tactic is going to be... So what's he doing again?
0: Um, He's got his audio editing board. And if you don't do something real quick, he's going to just cut off your microphone. He's just going to remove you from the the audio. If you don't do something to weaken him, your mic's going to be cut out for the rest of the episode.
1: You're not going to be... A- We're so, not going to be able to hear you. So I'm not going to be able... You're not going to be able to hear me, but I am going to be able to deal with him. If you try real fast, you got you got a few seconds, buddy. Do, All right, do, look, do, I'm going to set do, something do. up, and I tell you, in about a few minutes, I am going to absolutely mess him...
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We've lost Panto. Oh, no. He's gone, but it's okay, because I'm going to go... He's he's still threatening my microphone, but the but the thing is, what he doesn't know is I'm the one who edits these episodes myself. I'm the audio editor of Spit and Polish and I'm I'm walking up to his audio desk right now. I'm 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 looking him dead in the eyes. Hi air audio editing man and you know what my move is? My move, my attack move is teaching him how to make audio edits better. So, I'm sitting down with him, I'm showing him what buttons to press, I'm teaching him what programs to use, while, while, while the Tank and Jules is going, I'm teaching him how to use the microphone, and, hey, you know what's happening? I I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to turn Bartek's microphone on, but it's a bit more effort, so we've got to wait for a while. So Jules, what what do you think you're going to do? i talk loud enough, maybe I'll be picked up in your microphone. Oh, good idea, Bartek. Can you, can you hear me? I think I can hear you a bit.
2: Okay. So, I'm coming in with the tank. I'm It's a joint effort. <laughs> it, this this is no nonsense. Pilot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let the tank fire and the way I'm going to end it is I'm going to open this flaming door. Open it. find this. God-awful audio engineer, and I'm going to elbow him in the face. I knew
0: it. Great. (laughs) Great. And I think that's Jules and the tank combined doing a joint effort there. Well,
1: no, the tank then uses two missiles.
0: Oh, yeah, and the tank loads up itself with two missiles, and I'm there going, no, tank, no, I'm still at the desk, and it fires, but it, it, it explodes. But the shrapnel decapitates the audio engineer, and I turn on. Bartek's microphone again.
1: It's Is it on? Oh, yep, yep, I'm on again. Bartek, thank you
0: so much for surviving the ordeal of not having a microphone available Welcome to you. Welcome back, we missed well, you, buddy.
1: Well, I, you know, I, you didn't hear what I said, but I said that I'd stab him with a pirate sword and he actually died pretty much just before you went up to the board, Ryan. Wow, so I
0: was talking to a dead guy. Yeah. It explained you explained teaching why a dead guy. It was, exp- it was so weird that... Wait, did I elbow a dead guy? Yeah, Jules yeah. is a necrophiliac. Um... <laughs> 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 sexual elbow, sexual tension. Because they had a weird cat fight in sexy oh, underwear. Yeah,
2: sorry, I so, forgot to mention. But that it's weird because when I was, N- was teaching, when
0: I was teaching the dead guy, his audio editing got better. It's really weird that a dead person could do better audio editing and design than a living man. <laughs> Jules, as always, it was such a pleasure. This is your first time in the Mystery Box and hopefully not the last. It was great to have you and on talking about the majesty of the film
1: that you picked, by the way. I'm
2: just gonna hope to God that I don't pick the same DVD twice.
1: Oh brother. You don't wanna do what was it? Family Vacation? Bored Silly. Bored Silly. I
2: can't I can't <laughs> do more sequels and talk films and things off the same DVD. That's true. <laughs> it's not a
0: sequel. So, Bartek, a pleasure as always as well. I think we did pretty decent trying to break this down. It was difficult, but not as excruciating not as mind-bendingly hard as Stardust, I don't think. It was. It yeah. felt like a challenge, but I think we conquered that Mount Everest. As always, you guys at home have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people. If you want to find us, we're on the social medias, Facebook, the Twitter. We are on all the platforming sites, Spotify, Google Play, you know, iTunes, all of that. You can drop us a rating and a review on iTunes. That's always very helpful. We've
1: got an email. Yeah. What's the email? Spit and polished. At gmail.com. So if you want to suggest um,
0: movies for us to do on other show and appreciate masterpieces, or if you're perhaps the filmmaker of this,
1: please email <laughs> please email us. At that. Or if you just want to say hi or give us a death threat or something, I don't know, email us at that. Yeah, we have nothing against you. We'd be more than happy to hear what you have to say about it, in fact. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, until next time,
0: guys, you should all remember to be kind of each
1: Yeah, and also, Ryan, you said before that, you know, it was a pleasure as always to do it with me. I want to say that it was a pleasure to do it with you, too, in fact. So, you see? I'm the fool I used to call for.